Hey everybody, I'm Mr. Hartzler, and this is Hartzler University. This is the third episode of our first series titled Advice for Students. In this series, I tackle questions like what to do when you fail a test and how to ask for help in school. The topic today is about anxiety related to school and tests in particular. I'd like to take a second and remind all of you that I'm a high school engineering and math teacher. That means I can't give you any kind of medical advice. If you think you have anxiety, then you should talk to a medical professional and trust adults in your life. Now, let's get started. So how do you know if you have test-taking anxiety? Now, tons of my students think they have anxiety, and some are probably right. Regardless of the reasons for the anxiety, it often presents itself in similar ways. So the typical physical symptoms are headache, nausea, excessive sweating, that rapid heartbeat, and even, yeah, even diarrhea. Ugh, I know, I... No one likes that, but that's one of the symptoms. So none of these things are fun, especially if you're thinking about taking a test or about to take a test. Uh, but um, these aren't the end, right? There are emotional symptoms that are involved with this too. And they, they uh, can occur because of your anxiety and, of course, can be even more dramatized by other events going on in your life at home or situations happening at school other than the test. These emotional symptoms often include anger, fear, helplessness, and of course, disappointment. These emotional symptoms can lead to outward displays like crying or shouting. And I mean, crying, I mean, that could be anger, it could be sadness, it, there's all kinds of reasons for that too. I mean, same thing with the shouting. The physical and emotional symptoms can lead to difficulty concentrating and can perpetuate the problem when they're, they lead to this negative thinking and negative self-talk. For those that aren't aware, self-talk is your internal dialogue. It's the stuff you say to yourself inside your own head, and it can make a huge difference in how you feel. You know what it feels like, so what causes it? For students, assuming there is no clinical reason for the anxiety, it's likely due to that classic fear of failure or lack of preparation or even poor test history. Right? If you've already tested poorly, it just kind of makes sense. So if your anxiety is initiated by fear of failure, then I would say congratulations to some degree. I mean, that means you actually care about how you do in this class, right? I mean, it sucks that it's causing you anxiety, particularly if it's giving you diarrhea, right? But it also means that you're motivated. So follow the suggestions below that I'll, you know, I'll get to here in a minute to reduce that stress, but make sure you use that stress to keep pushing yourself forward, right? Use this stress as a way to motivate you further. So the next common reason is lack of preparation. This has some pretty obvious remediation, so keep listening to learn more uh, ways to prepare here or go back and listen to my podcast on how to study that might be a good place to start and then come back here so poor test history is very valid reason for feeling anxious but this is where positive self-talk can make a difference for you so keep listening more about that now that we've discussed the symptoms and the common reasons how can you reduce these feelings of anxiety Many of these steps apply to all areas of your life, though, so it's not just school where you're feeling anxious. Maybe if you're feeling anxious other places, this can be helpful. The first strategy is one that any Boy Scout is well aware of. Be prepared. This might sound like common sense, but as we all know, common sense isn't really that common. Being prepared is more than just having your pencil, though. I mean, don't get me wrong, that is incredibly helpful. But anxiety is, can also it can take and make your work less efficient. So any time wasted trying to find that pencil can make you less successful. So being prepared really means in this context, not just having your pencil, but also knowing the material that is being assessed. If you started studying for the test last week, then you are likely feeling a lot less stressed than if you started studying last night at midnight or at 3 in the morning or at 5 a.m. when you woke up freaking out because you had a dream that you failed the test and 
oh wait, you remembered you do have a test today. So just like I said back in my episode on studying, it can be helpful to simulate the conditions of the test. Like I said back then too, my classroom isn't always quiet, but if it's a quiet classroom that makes you nervous, and that's true for a lot of people, right? They don't like that dead silence. I've actually had students request and the class voted. So we actually listened to just classic study music while they were taking a test and nobody really seemed to hate it. But preparing for that studying by, or preparing for that test by studying in a quiet place, it's very helpful. So maybe if your bedroom is quiet, but you might feel too comfortable there, right? So maybe it's worth branching out. Go to your local library and spend a day a week there studying or doing homework, those kinds of things. It's often very quiet, and since it's different, it can give you a little bit of taste for that anxiety that you might feel in the classroom, and you can slowly work through that then. If you study and do well with your homework in, I don't know, you know, new environment, then you'll probably do well in the classroom too. But it's a good idea to simulate what test day is going to be like. Now, sticking with the idea of being prepared for just another second, if at all possible, get to the classroom as fast as possible. This goes back to getting your pencil ready, right? Get everything out, your pencil and all of the other materials. My math class, at least right now, doesn't use calculators, but if we do in the future, or if your math teacher does allow calculators, then have that thing out, have it ready. If you have a few minutes until the test begins, then you can take some time to practice the relaxation techniques that we'll discuss in a second. But being ready before the test starts can make a big difference. You don't wanna be that person that runs in as the bell is ringing or right after because uh, you're late for whatever reason, and you're trying to like get ready while everybody else is already quiet and working and looking at you funny, never helps with anxiety. All right, so let's move on to the next strategy for reducing your test-taking anxiety. You should develop your test-taking skills. If you've ever talked to someone about the ACT or the SAT, you've likely heard about these. Knowing how to read the directions carefully is a skill, and you can learn this skill just like any of the other ones. I think about the ACT is you can actually plan and read those directions almost ahead of time because they really use the same set of directions for all of it. But I would also recommend answering questions that you know or that are maybe easier than moving on to the harder or more difficult ones, right? Or the ones you maybe aren't as crystal clear about. In my class and other math and science classes, I would also recommend going through those difficult questions and just write down the formulas and the equations that you might need. So my engineering class, they get a formula sheet. So it's not hard, right? Write down all those formulas but the specific ones for the ones you need, obviously. I mean, I gave the sheet. I'm not testing that part of it. But if you write down what formula needs to be used in math or in science, that can also often give you some partial credit, which can be very, very helpful. And uh, doing this can also do several other things. It can give you an option for that partial credit, and it can also jog your memory on how to solve the problem. If you need to write an essay, maybe take a few seconds and outline what you want to say. This can help you to stay focused, to stay organized, and it'll also save time down the, down the road because your thoughts are already kind of in line, right? You have that plan. My next big tip, if you can call it that, is to maintain a positive attitude. Again, this is just good life advice right here. Remember that your self-worth doesn't come from a single test or even a class. or I mean, even school as a whole or your whole high school career. I personally believe your worth comes from something much bigger than that, but... Anyway, maintaining that positive mindset can help, along with starting some good habits of self-talk. We've already heard those. Ins we've all heard those inspirational speeches about coaches or military generals. I mean, if you haven't heard one of those speeches, just go look it up. They're all over the internet. But that is what you need to be doing to yourself inside your own head. Give yourself a pep talk before every test. It legitimately works. Because, or sorry, before I discuss the research, it's important to note what self-talk isn't. Self-talk isn't about keeping your head in the sand, 
as I mean, that's what the saying is, right? Or about being irrational and unrealistic with your expectations. That means you shouldn't tell yourself that you're the greatest mathematician that the world has ever seen while you're sitting in my Algebra 2 class, right? Self-talk should, though, it should be encouraging yourself to keep going, to not give up. Tell yourself to give it a try. It's also telling yourself that you can pass this test. These things are important and actually helpful. And you can, of course, pass my test. I mean, it's Algebra 2 or it's math or it's engineering, whatever it is. It's high school class. You can pass this. But you need to tell yourself that in your head. And I think most of us trust the research from the Mayo Clinic. So let's see what they think about positive thinking and thus positive self-talk. Researchers continue to explore the effects of positive thinking on health. And the Mayo Clinic lists some of these positive effects, including... Lowering your rates of depression, okay, makes sense. Lowering rates of stress, nice, that's what we're talking about here. Greater resistance to the common cold. Yeah, you heard that right, greater resistance to the common cold. How sweet is that? And also, an increased lifespan. They literally say you could live longer because of positive self-talk and positive thinking. If for no other reason at all, you should think positively and talk to yourself positively, not negatively, because it might make you live longer. And that'll, of course, just be better, right? We all want to live longer. Well, most of us want to live longer. My next tip for reducing your anxiety before a test is to practice relaxation techniques. This can include taking deep breaths, slow breaths, right? Deep, slow breaths can be very helpful. There are things like triangle breathing, where you inhale for four seconds, hold, and then exhale for four seconds. This can reduce your anxiety levels, and even if you do this just four times, it literally takes less than a minute. Another idea is to consciously relax one muscle at a time. So when doing this, focus on kind of large muscle groups, right? Because we're talking about before a test, you don't have a whole lot of time. So think about your calves, then relax your calves. Think about your thighs, then relax your thighs. Think about your stomach, then relax your stomach than the rest of your body. Yeah, I think you get the idea, right? That's what we're talking about here. Some people are calling this calm classroom, and uh, that's actually a whole curriculum that you can use. But we, I've tried it in my classes. I actually think it works pretty well, and I've heard great things from coaches. But this is an option, right? This is something you could do. Particularly for me, I see students who are bouncing their legs a lot. So maybe just doing your legs. Just think, relax your calves, relax your thighs. Okay, I'm relaxed. And then maybe the butt too. I mean, we all sit in these seats too long, and our butts get uncomfortable. So the next tip is one that is also just good life advice. It's stay healthy. Make sure you get enough sleep the day before the test and really every day. My high school life became not only more enjoyable, but I became more successful when I decided that no matter what I was studying or what homework I was doing, I was going to go to bed at 1030, period, regardless of what was happening. I started being becoming more efficient and honestly starting to get more done sooner anyway. But, I mean, it takes some time, right? You have to commit to this for a little bit. But there's a common thought out there that is actually getting some real traction now. That is, no matter how much time we allot for something, we will complete that task in that amount of time. So if we allow ourselves two hours to get our homework done, when it could have actually gotten done in an hour and a half, we're still going to take that full two hours. We just will. That's what we're going to do. If we give ourselves two hours, we'll take that full two hours we give ourselves an hour and a half, we'll take that hour and a half and make sure it gets done, right? I mean, when we see that timer approaching, we finish. And they're doing experiments with this particularly on meetings. And it's pretty interesting. I suggest you go and look into it. But so start allowing yourself to go to bed at 1030, regardless of what is happening. And you'll start to see some pretty cool things happen. 
If nothing else, you'll feel better because you're just getting more sleep. The more important parts of studying, staying healthy is eating right and exercise. Well, I guess not more important, but the other important pieces. So make sure you eat a variety of foods, particularly my high school students seem to have issues with that sometimes. They either eat amazingly or they literally only eat cheeseburgers. So come on, people, eat more things. I'll eat a more variety of things, I should say, not just more things. Don't just eat more cheeseburgers. The cheeseburgers are great. I would love a cheeseburger. Anyway, so make sure you eat a variety of foods and actually move. I personally don't play video games. They're just, they're not my thing. But if you're always playing them instead of going outside, you're missing out on an amazing world out there. Go for a walk, a run, or a bike ride. Something to get you moving and staying healthy. It'll help you with your anxiety. That's the magic of this. So I understand that some people have anxiety beyond what can be resolved with this list of stuff discussed in this podcast, right? It's important to understand that there are lots of places to go and lots of people to talk to that can help. For some students, talking to your teacher about your situation can help because maybe it's work in that particular class, right? I mean, you can kind of plan together and make some of these things better, particularly if it's the layout of that particular class and it gives you an excessive amount of anxiety. But if it's more than just one class, then you might want to go and talk to your school counselor about your situation. And if nothing else, this could be just a great place to start. School counselors have great resources and can provide you with even more options for support than what a teacher can do. No matter how good your school counselor is, they can only go so far, though. If you think your anxiety goes beyond what it should, then talk to a doctor. They're the best, they are the best equipped uh, of anyone to help you understand what is going on and how to resolve that situation. All right, so we've covered everything. Well, we've covered everything that I planned on covering. So let's do a quick recap. There are some common symptoms of anxiety. Learn what they are and then try to find some solutions that work for you, right? All of this is based on you. Some things might work for one of you, might not work for the other one. For high school students, the common reasons to feel anxious about tests are fear, lack of preparedness, and your test history. Since these are common, don't be upset if these are one that impact you. Instead, make some changes. There are lots of ways to help alleviate stress and anxiety caused by tests and school in general. It could be as simple as studying earlier in the week or taking some deep breaths. Whatever it is that works, keep doing it. If the anxiety doesn't go away or if it you know, makes your day-to-day difficult, then talk to someone. At first, it doesn't matter who it is. Just start talking to a trusted adult in your world. They can help you to find some kind of resolution, even if that means forwarding you on to another trusted adult. And don't think that they're trying to just pass you off on somebody else. Right? I mean, if someone comes to me, I can only help so much. And if I think they need more help than me, part of the way I'm helping you is by sending you to the counselor or suggesting that you talk to a doctor or to your parents. Right? I mean, your parents live with you. They spend a lot of time with you. They've known you for a real long time. Ask them things, talk to them, let them know what you're feeling, and that can be very helpful, right? Um, But of course, there's lots of people in your life that care about you. Talk to someone, and we're all going to try and help, I'm sure of it. So thanks for listening, and I hope all of you listen in next week when I discuss what to do if you fail a test or a project. I mean, they're similar in a lot of regards, so stay focused for that one. And as you leave, I encourage all of you to try positive self-talk carefully and with enthusiasm. Bye, everybody.